10 minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories, and I'm joined to help us take a look at some of the big stories at the start of this new week by Snesipo Manindra, CA uh, Independent uh, Market Commentator and Analyst. Snesipo, good evening to you and welcome. Evening, Aya. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm all right. I'm all right. Hey, it's just one of these things that just make, make us thirsty all of the time. But um, I guess let's move away from that slightly. Uh, it is indeed a Monday. And uh, I guess uh, one of the people that will be ruining the start of this new week, uh, just on the back of the negotiations they're going to have to do, um, are the Zambian authorities. And I want us to start there in Lusaka, where... Um, it seems everybody's running helter-skelter to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, formulate a plan to deal with some of the uh, challenges uh, that might hover around a looming default uh, for the Zambian government. What's the context here, Snesipo? And more importantly, I guess, um, uh, is this a sign to come for many other countries that might find themselves in a bit of a squeeze uh, with their creditors during this difficult moment? Yeah, so, unfortunately. So, just, just, just to give you some call, um the Zambian government borrowed money in the uh, global, um, the global, um, the global markets, uh, global debt capital markets. They um, issued a bond. It was um, denominated in um, in euros, and it's about the total value is three billion US dollars. Three billion US dollars. Now the problem is. They missed a coupon payment because, according to the advice of somebody, it seems <laughs> they missed it. Yeah, and then what also makes this thing a bit awkward too is the finance minister was like, "We could have paid if we wanted to." Yeah, people when they owe you money back, yeah, so. This is a very, very, very serious default. Um, I don't think, um, and they, in contrast, and they then went back to the creators and said, guys, can we please have an interest payment holiday? While they mm. look at the finances and give us time, but don't charge us interest because interest is due. Um, you would know this. So now the problem is that. <laughs> When you owe people money, you can't just be like, So, and it also, unfortunately, sets a very, 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 very bad precedent. So on top of that, you need to understand that the company and the country's total debt is about circa, about just about around 12 billion U.S. dollars, from 11 point something to 12 billion U.S. dollars. So this represents about 25%, a quarter of the total debt of the country's liabilities in um, international markets. Now, when you don't, when you default with one, it suddenly brings everybody up, and you're like, "Oh my God!" There's, and, it, and it also creates a risk factor that if you go to the market again, you're not a good payer. Now, this, unfortunately, with um, specifically with international markets, is that is that. Um, Foreign uh, banks and pension funds who buy these um, credit assets uh, get very, very, very upset about this because it's it's pension money at the end of the day, and they get very and it just 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 and it just becomes a 
in terms of it says bad president because if Zambia doesn't pay and you grant interest holiday, also can and Okito can do the same thing here in South Africa and the other guys as well. So it just you can't sort of allow for the behavior to as creators. Now the problem is that is that if you don't pay back your international creators, these guys go to the IMF and say you guys can't give these people money because they're bad payers. Because the money that the IMF gives, mm. it's not free money. It's loan money as well. Hmm. And it's it's just, I, I'm also quite interested, I guess, in another dynamic, which is, I mean, some of the things that have led to this particular position for the Zambian government, and a lot of that having to do with uh, the one commodity that constitutes two-thirds of the export basket, and that's copper. Uh, mm-hmm. And it seems that, uh, I guess, the slump in copper prices just prior to... Uh, uh, you know, March of, of this year certainly contributed to uh, this particular default event. It seems those prices are recovering. Is that going to change yeah. the situation in any way? Dude, that is just a long-term problem and it's a short-term. So it's besides the copper prices, which is where the income issue situation, there's also the actual fact that the currency has devalued by over 30% of the dollar. Yeah, so exactly. you're even paying even more. So hey, the problems are the income is less you're getting your income in quite is less. And mm-hmm. your quite is devalued. So and it, 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 it's a problem of the problem of the problem. Now, again, this is one of those, it, 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 it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, and yeah, and also the fact that you also, then you've got the bond guys. Then you also have the Chinese, because you know the Chinese in copper. Balap, balap, and hovering, hovering. Got, like, hovering, hovering as well. Because they owe the Chinese are also owed money. Don't worry, they are also, and you know the Chinese and how they are with Africa, and yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need no, to I was, ta- I was trying to unsecured loans and lamachit. Yeah, okay, you are securing it against yeah. that. And is, then, okay. yeah, and then, and wait, then, wait, I, I want us to pause there because I, I think there's there, there's a lot we could unpack on that particular story and a lot that's set to happen. In the next week so so if us see bump up and then maybe we'll pick it up again in the coming weeks talk to me about afros i mean after more than a half a decade on the jsc uh, deciding to delist here yes they got a buyer offer for all the outstanding shares um and american german group linda uh have bought out uh, have bought out all the remaining shareholders they already owned about 50.47 so they wanted to take total control and delist the entity, but um, delist Afrox, uh from the JSE. Big thing, the, the, the rationale for that is actually quite simple. If you look at the JSE outside of the top 14, there hasn't been much value, um, much value for your mid-market, small to mid-market caps from being listed in the JSE. It's just an administration mm-hmm. burden. It becomes an administration burden because you're not getting the coverage you want, and it's a cost to listen to JSE. So um, there was articles in the um, Business Day um, on Business Live and even Money Web, and I think there will be something on Daily Maverick about oh my God, it's a loss to the JSE without understanding that if you're a shareholder, this was the only way to unlock value. Mm. And it also and seems, I mean, if you compare Snesipo, uh, you know, the, the offer price here for some of those shares, I mean, if you compare that to the weighted average price uh, mm. uh, of Afrox shares just at, I guess, uh, the start of the weekend, uh, I mean, this is a premium of over 50% uh, when you mm. compare it to that weighted average price. And so, 
I mean, many of them will take this and smiling happily to the and, 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 you know, and also, you have to just you just have to just do a, a, a simple analysis. Even there's a, even though there was a premium at fifty percent, and if you look at where the share price was hovering around twenty, let's just my target is twenty eighteen. There's been a massive. If you look, there's been a massive value downplay. The share price has actually gone down by almost half. So they needed value creation event. Mm. So the way the share price is trading, it's trading at what it was, um, I think, in 2020, um, what's the word again, in um, 2017, 2017, 2016. And if you're a shareholder, you needed a value unlocking event. And that is just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a bummer for the JSC because they're using, they, and, and you know what, there's been, um, I think in the past two years, there's been a lot of consolidation where companies have just opted to deal us. We're in a position where there's more companies delisting than they are relisting. Mm. When you look at the sector profile of some of those delistings, I'm quite interested in sort of what you make certainly over the last while of some of the industrial firms that have decided. I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, it's, it's always uh, those are the traditional ones historically that would have been the mainstay of the JSC. And it seems that uh, there's very few of those left now if you compare it to maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yes, there's a massive consolidation. You're in a declining market. Of course, there's going to be consolidation, and you need to retain mm-hmm. cash and retain value. And unfortunately, being a listed market, if you're not getting the benefits of listing, I think sometimes you forget what is the purpose of having having your share price listed. Is because the public market, the perception is the public market will rate your share price, the value of the firm, higher than your unlisted market. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That one is really not necessarily the, the case because you're in a situation where the JC as a as a from a classic group is is, is in its depressed state. Sure, if you're not a top sure. forty, your share price, your share is not as liquid as you like to be in your top forty. You're not getting the coverage. That's also a part of the problem in the African um financial services system, specifically when it comes to um things like your share trading, we don't have market depth. Mm. We have a market size, but depth is important. And it's one of those things, I mean, we often talk about as structural challenges in the South African economy. It's such a, not it's just concentration, not concentration only in our capital markets, but concentration across the entire economy. And I think a lot of that has to do with the consolidation that you're talking about. Yes, if you've got to think about it, if you, like in the most simplest terms, I always try to explain to people, if you have a market build on exclusion of three quarters of the population, you will always have issues of debt and lack of access. Mm, sure. And the fact that retail investors, the reason why we don't have debt is because we don't have retail investors in the JSC. Who, they're not the majority. And when we talk about retail investors, we talk about me and you. There's not enough because people mm. are not educated. Lack of access. We start, we go, I think... Yeah, I mean, with the bulk of your population has historically been if, excluded. If, exclude, if you're excluding, this is the problem that you have. Mm. And that's a debt problem. Unfortunately, that is not a company problem, which is why the companies are delisting. Mm. It mm. is a governmental and a greater society challenge in yeah, that yeah. you need to bring... And the thing is, I want to bring, bring in numbers of retail investors who bring more debt because you'll have greater volumes of transactions, volume. Mm. They may not be as high value, but the volumes will then, you'll be in a position where you have greater market depth, and it's not just concentrated on the sure. top 40. 
Okay, let's just away from that one, Snesipoise. I mean, I think it's a, it's an important conversation to pick up once again because, you know, even if you take it beyond the financial sector and you go into the real economy, many players in the real economy will tell you that the South African economy suffers fundamentally from an effective demand crisis and a lot of that having to do with uh, people effectively and structurally excluded and closed out of the economy. But let's, let's shift to an interesting player here, chemicals, agriculture and mining group Omnia. Now, uh, it seems that they're going to sell uh, their Oro Agri business. And it's certainly the center of a lot of uh, issues. They got letters from institutional investors uh, about a year ago, I guess, uh, complaining about some of these acquisitions and, of course, uh, the impact that it had on the share options of some of the former leaders in the company. Now, uh, they're going to get about $2.4 for this and uh, looking to pay off some debt. And uh, uh, I guess in the marketplace now, the news is that for all intents and purposes, Omnia has turned the corner. Do you, do you share that sentiment? Yeah, at least they got lucky. They were in debt. They were in debt. You? Shareholders not supporting a greater capital. Banks not giving them money. And then someone shows up and says, we'll buy you out of your problems. They Honestly, they serve a living God. Like, the CEO hmm. serve a living God. That's what I can say. Like, that's, literally, if you think about it, because we actually discussed this acquisition in your prior life. You know, you know the prior thing yes. that we used to have. Yes, we know indeed. Yes, those people. So we used to do so like, yeah, Mr. Seaman, he does the living God, guys. That's all I can say. Because if you look at the situation where it was January versus now, you're effectively going to be in a cash position. You're no longer in debt. The shareholders, shareholders now you have a pop, you've got a possibility of value unlocking. And value unlocking, because remember the reason why we talked about um, this business specifically, the one they're holding, is that Specifically, we talked about the bio, the growth of the biomedical in um, engine, mm. in 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 um, in agriculture, and you know we also talked about the fact that black people are not represented in here because the entire biomedical we talked about even the crop yields and all that jazz, and the fact that it's going to another, it's going to a foreign entity. You know, it's these things, but like yeah, there's nothing much we yeah. can do. Yeah, we learn yeah, God. Yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they, they got themselves out of a very sticky situation there because uh, if indeed things hadn't turned around, I think the dominoes were going to fall around even the new guy uh, who had come in there into that team. But uh, uh, before I let you go, let's talk about infrastructure for a second, certainly a space you are very familiar with. Uh, and it seems that uh, many in the marketplace, uh, if uh, I guess some of the reports, reports by Bloomberg are anything to go by, seemingly not buying this infrastructure-led recovery story, saying, hey, Nina, but you certainly don't uh, build spec on time and actually within budget. Ah, Jonga, infrastructure. You know, you know, I love Osoro Shane Betuna. They are 17. I, I love him. Confess- I'm dying love. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're confessing. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. Oh, my man. Oh, my man. Look, my man. No, no. Like, so, like, you know, like, you know, you know, that's you know, you think about Jonga and he's telling you new things. On the very real, all the projects that are announced are projects that have been in development for years. It's a regurgitation of existing plans, and no one is buying it. Unfortunately, we need to move away from talking. We need to be in implementation phase. And if we're not in implementation phase, we're in, I don't think people understand how we're in serious danger. Our economy is in serious. We're in a tipping point where we actually need to act. We need to just act because we have the black swan event of COVID. 
and it's mm. put us in a pathway where we need to act. There needs to be some. This, we need to go beyond talking about the fact that there's not sufficient infrastructure spending. We all know there's not enough infrastructure. We all know it is documented in every single book. Infrastructure leads to economic growth because it absorbs low-skilled individuals so that they're able to work. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested, Snesipo, in uh, in your view, and uh, I certainly agree, I guess, about the value of infrastructure, the impact that it has on certain subsectors of the South African economy, uh, and giving stimulus to that, of course, if uh, the contracts start to come out. Uh, but uh, an interesting remark in this Bloomberg report, because they suggest, or one of the people they are suggest, uh, that there's no capacity in the sector, because uh, all of the people who were good in the sector have emigrated. Now, now this idea that many skilled personnel read white have immigrated due to a lack of local projects. I mean, what's your view on that? Ah, Jonga, they immigrated because they raised white people. I can't do my life. We must not mourn people who don't want to be part of the South Africa that we're trying to build. I don't even, I, you know what, I, I truly dislike because I saw that Bloomberg line. I was like, you know what, why mm. do you always talk about... The truth be told is that I don't know any white, white bricklayers. I don't even, I don't, I've never seen a white person on the road uh, plastering. Uh, no, foreman, foreman, foreman. Yeah. I've, They're the foreman. They're bad people, and they're burning because they're definitely not burning in the sun. So, what are we losing? <laughs> it's not like they're doing the actual labor. So, I, like, I, I, I hate that talk because it talks to people who don't want to be in Africa. And Truth be told, it's not like these people, bulk of them are broke in Australia. They're not making anywhere near money as money making in South Africa. They're not living as comfortably. You know, you know, that's also the thing. So, like, I don't even know why it even, it's not for me, it's not anything that we should entertain as a conversation. And it's not something to worth entertaining. We know, and the idea that trust and belief, even in a part of South Africa, infrastructure projects were late. There's, there's no way in the world where you, I don't even, you know, this infrastructure, one thing, infrastructure, infrastructure either goes very, very right or very, very, very wrong. To say, you'd have to say that it has gone right from the get-go, even when they talked about, I guess, people ask us if uh, Jonga finishing project late is a black phenomenon. It's not. It's an everybody phenomenon. Stensible? Let's leave it there. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Have a great and a very productive week. And uh, I guess if there's any message from Snesipo uh, about the innuendo in that Bloomberg article, what a good riddance uh, to uh, all of those things. Snesipo, take care. Thank you very much. Cool, cool. Snesipo Manin, a chartered accountant, independent market commentator and analyst joining us uh, for our wrap of the top business stories. We're going to take this quick break. When we come back, it's our shop steward's corner, and I catch up with Komna Poriatis. He's from the Law Center of the Casual Workers Advice Office. And we talk about Section 198 of the Labor Relations Act, as amended in 2015.